You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure on Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. And like I said yesterday, day after day in February, uh, we're going to try to release a show every day, uh, weekdays that is, uh, for the first two weeks. Work through some of this backlog. So this uh, today's episode is kind of an uh, interesting one. It's one I did a long time ago. I didn't know if I was going to put it out or not. I sent it to a couple of people to check out and see if they thought it was worth uh worth releasing and the only reason i say that worth releasing is the content's good but it's really short um and i figured this kind of format a daily format was an easier way to release this it's with mr john five one of the best guitar players i've ever seen uh played for uh rob zombie marilyn manson he's got solo stuff um just an amazing talent and we had this interview set up uh and we were doing it while they were driving to a show in la on the freeway and twice uh, John's phone dropped service, and the second time it dropped service, I wasn't able to get a hold of him again. Uh, I think his phone had actually died. So um, we got from childhood to Marilyn Manson, and then it kind of cuts off. So it's a short, I guess, 25 minutes, uh, but I wanted to release this because the content's good, and I really love John's John 5 stuff, and I want this to get out there. Um, I just felt that as short as it is, being one episode a week, it may be a little bit a little bit short for you guys. So anyways, uh, I want you guys to check this episode out. Um, this is Thursday and, uh, I hope you guys are having a great day. Um, thank you so much for coming back day after day, week after week. Peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website, uh, peerpleasurepod at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me. Um, be sure to tell a friend, rate and subscribe, review the show. Um, all the things you guys are doing, you guys are doing great. And, uh, yeah, so this is kind of a big, kind of a thank you and a, and a, house cleaning as well of episodes um, that have built up over the last while. So like I said, it's a little bit of a short one. John 5 uh, from Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, 
uh, John 5 and the Creatures. I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. So settle in. Without further ado, here's my conversation with John 5. How you doing? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm well. I'm well. Awesome. Thanks for calling, man. I appreciate it. I uh, it. wanted to make sure everything got through to you from uh, Natalie and, and everything else. So Yes, all set. <laughs> Excellent, man. Well, welcome to the Peer Pleasure Podcast, John 5. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you heading out, are you yeah, heading out driving are. right now? Yeah, we're on our way to Orange County, uh, to Fullerton, to um to do our show tonight yeah we play like every night so excellent pretty crazy. yeah so this is the second leg of that tour that's correct okay and i think you guys are hitting my town i think the 20th uh in portland yeah that's right near the end of the tour so yes you are correct excellent i think so i got the i got the information from natalie for the tour and then i saw online it looks like you guys are playing the paris theater here in town yes that's correct okay that's an interesting spot. Have you been there before? I have not. Okay, it's gone. It's gone all sorts of different ways. It's been a. It's been a porno theater. It's been a, a rock club. Then back to a porno theater. <laughs> it's back to a rock club again. So it's going to be interesting to see a show there again. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. 
Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3. Tier 1 is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier 2 gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier 3 is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. 
There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so and so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So and so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes, and we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of of that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Wow. They should just, it should just be a rock and roll porn club. Man. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Combine the two genres. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> well, right on, man. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get started. I, I wanted to kind of jump back, and especially for my listenership, too. And, and uh, where would you come from? Um, let's see. Well, I'm right now we're in Las Vegas, and we're going to uh, – we're going to Fullerton, California. And, um, you know, the shows have been just completely packed, like just – unbelievably crazy and just where I'm just so thankful for that because I really just do this for the love of the guitar and nothing else sure oh yeah you know it's it's just been it's just been so incredible I'm so lucky I'm so thankful so uh really really happy about it okay I definitely get that vibe man I you do seem like a very grateful person I mean you've got a pretty amazing life and lifestyle that you've been able to do from playing guitar. And, and I mean, it's just outrageous. Some of the stuff you get to do. I mean, yeah, I'm really, I'm really fortunate, really thankful for that. And I'm just really happy that people enjoy it so much. Sure. Sure. And so did you, you start playing guitar at a fairly early age then, right? Yes. Uh, I started at the age of seven. Okay. And do you remember your yeah. first guitar? I do. I remember I got it. Um, you know, I had a little acoustic to see if they, you know, if my parents, um, if, you know, I was going to gravitate towards it and things like that, which I did. But then I got uh, my first electric guitar for Christmas in 1977, and uh, it was a Magnum, like, black Les Paul copy, and I had, you know, and it came with an amp. And I still have the amp, believe it or not. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing, but not the guitar. Not the guitar. I should try to find one on eBay or something like that. Yeah, what ended up happening to that guitar? Oh, God, who knows? Just moving or whatever and just gone? <laughs> who knows, yeah, who knows? <laughs> Man. Well, you... But, but funny, funny story about the amp yeah. was my mom was, like, cleaning out, you know, the house and things like that, cleaning out the room. And our family friend, Norm, 
was at the house and there was all this stuff that she was like just giving away and things like that. And the amp was in there. And this was probably like when I was, I don't know, 18 or something like that. And then my, and then the family friend said, Oh, I'm taking this amp because John's going to be famous one day. (laughs) And just, I swear to God, just this past winter, Norm said, Hey, I have your first amp. Oh, and uh, so that's a, a pretty funny story about that. <laughs> he hung on to this whole time. Yeah, Man. he hung on to it for this whole time. Isn't that funny? That's hilarious that he just now, yeah, you've been famous for a long time. Like he didn't just come right to you when you signed big. Like he just, he just held off until now. Right, right, right. It's, it's, so I guess I'm famous enough so for him to give it back to me. <laughs> there you go. So you've got the amp back in your possession. Yes, that's right. I do. And it's actually on the back cover of It's Alive, the live album. It's, um, you know, because on the back cover, I'm in my bedroom with my wife, and there's all sorts of stuff scattered everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the amp, is, the amp is in the background. Oh, my God. That's fantastic, yeah. dude. Yeah, pretty neat. That's awesome. You just need to find that damn guitar. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Are you gonna Are you gonna try to Are you gonna record some stuff with this amp and just for nostalgia purposes or? No, it's pretty pretty awful. Yeah, pretty awful. <laughs> oh man. Well, how long? So you started at age of seven. How long did it take you to really take to guitar? Did you take to it right away? Like just never put it down. Yeah, I just took to it right away, thankfully, um, luckily, and uh, just, you know, just never put it down. I was just obsessed with it, just completely obsessed with it. Like, it it, like chose me. I didn't choose it. So uh, it was so, so, so cool. Was it just all the, the, the endless possibilities of things you could do with it? I mean, was there one specific thing about it that really or really dug into you or was it just the instrument itself? I mean, just everything about it. I think I wanted to learn a little, some, some kind of a song. And once I started learning it, I was like, Oh my God, I know how to play this. And it's, it's coming fairly easy. Mm-hmm. And I remember it start, it was coming pretty easy to me. And that's what made me so excited about it. Okay. Were you good at other things, or was this kind of the first thing you were really good at that that maybe that's what really kicked it into high gear? You know, that's a good question. I was, I could hit a baseball, that's for sure. Like, like when I say I could hit a baseball, like, I always hit the ball. And I was, you know, on a baseball team and things like that. But whatever pitch was pitched to me, I could always hit it. And, um it was a very strange thing that I could do this. I guess it's just the hand-eye coordination thing, but um, I could always hit a ball, like, right, like, it didn't matter what kind of pitch it was. Okay. And um, and then I could ride a, a bike pretty well, too. But other than that, that's it. Okay. So it wasn't, that's, that's interesting, because, I mean, with guitar now, did you just, I mean, you kept going with that. Did you kind of hang up the glove and stop playing baseball at that point when you got guitar, or...? Well, yeah, I was like, baseball was, it was just like, oh, I can hit a ball, but I wasn't really into baseball. I mean, I was on a team and blah, 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 but I wasn't really like into it, into it. Like I was music. Mm -hmm. 
I was just like that kid that just was like, okay, it's time to go bat, you know, and I got up and I would hit a crazy like hit. And when my other friends were practicing all day just to hit the ball, you know? Sure. You had yeah. very clear things you were good at. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. So, but that's it. Yeah. That's the only things I was good at. So you had, <laughs> you had like early guitar and I mean, you didn't, you weren't at seven years old probably I looking at what you're doing now as far as I'm going to take this to this level it was mainly learning songs and then did you discover rock and roll after that um I discovered I was so into TV I love TV I love the monkeys I love happy days I love hee-haw I love anything that had music on it okay. anything and I remember the you know the kiss alive 2 commercial being on TV and just freaking out freaking out so I was so anything that had like music and TV, I was like really, really into. Okay. So was it what? It's, were you into musicals too, like movies and stuff, or was it just TV? Like you had TV, and it was something yeah, with just, that magic. Yeah, just TV. Okay. And uh, things like that. Anything that had. Um, you know, music and in the TV show, I was really into for some reason. Okay. And do you remember the first, I mean, you saw the Kiss Alive commercials, but was that Kiss kind of your band that, that uh, really hit for you as far as wanting to, to do this as a, as a career? Yeah, that was the first thing, you know, that's what really inspired me and like, like um, really struck a chord, if you will. And, inspired me beyond beyond inspired me so and it's still with me today just like anything when you were a kid you know that sticks with you your whole life mm -hmm. absolutely and is that where a lot of the the stage persona and costumes and the like the larger than life feel comes from is is your influence from kiss i would say yes i would say for sure um you know i just played with ace the other day and i had that light up guitar and he goes, I wonder where you got the idea for that, you know? So, <laughs> so uh, really great. Awesome. So you've gotten to, I mean, in jumping way forward, but you've gotten to meet a lot of your, your idols and people that influenced you along the way and, and now actually playing with them. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It's just like, you know, a kid watching Superman fly and then you're, you know, fighting crime with Superman when you're older. Yeah. Shit. That's crazy. Yeah, so, it's neat. So being into TV as much as you're saying and, and uh, you know, the music and TV, were you kind of an introverted kid as far as, you know, going through high school and, and middle school and everything? Uh, I was, I just loved, you know, not out of the ordinary of any kid. I wasn't very interested in school. I was just so obsessed with music. I was just so obsessed with learning music and learning guitar and learning as much as I could. And I just, I just put in what I needed to put in for school, which wasn't much, but, um, you know, I did my best and, uh, my best was not good enough by any means because I was so obsessed with, with music and the guitar. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I did my best and I, I knew, early on in life, you know, that I was wanted to do something in music. So that's where I was going to put most of my concentration and attention. And I wouldn't suggest that for any listeners or anything like that. But, um, 
that's that's definitely what I did. Yeah, it was just in you. I mean, and your parents saw this too, I'm sure. And and were they supportive of of music, or did they want you to finish school? No, they were supportive. They let me play nightclubs early, early on, which I was doing. Um, and they said, as long as you get up for school, you can play these nightclubs. And uh, I always got up for school, so I always got to keep playing these these venues, you know, that we would go on at 1130 or midnight and get home at 2, 230. And, but I would have to get up for school the next day with, like, crap all over my face and all that stuff so and i was young i was young 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 so um but i did it so you were painting your face and everything back then too yeah dude that's wild and so that was i I mean teenage years and you're still i mean that that is that's incredible and so when did you come out to los angeles i came out to los angeles uh when i was 18 okay so, so like 1988, so I caught the uh, like the 80s craziness for a couple of years, and then you know up until like when did Nirvana come out? 90 what? Oh, never mind. Hit I think in 92. Yeah. So it, you know I had it. I had all the craziness for a couple of years, like three years, and then um, but I was you know I'm so happy I came at the very end of the party when it was crazy. Sure. Well, as a guitar player like you are, is I mean, with your your skill level and just the proficiency you have, how how did you take that transition when Nirvana did come out and kind of shattered that whole that whole? I mean, were you more into that style of music where it was more like not hair metal, I guess, but the more like uh, flamboyant and uh, you know intricate guitar playing versus learning three chords and rolling with it. Well, see, I was into, of course I was into that. You know, that's when the Ingray and the Racer X and the Steve Vai and all that mm-hmm. stuff was out. And I loved it, obviously, and I still love it today. But when Nirvana came out, I loved it. Alice in Chains, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden. I loved all of it. Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, all that stuff. I just ate it up. So I was... There was never a point where I was like, what happened? What happened? Never. I was like, this is amazing. It's like discovering a new food. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is the greatest. <laughs> Your first slice of pizza. Just, yeah, and you're like, God, I love this pizza. <laughs> that is, I mean, I, what I, I'm loving about you, John, is that you're, you're just like a sponge where you're just, and you go with the punches, roll with the punches, and just absorb what you can, it seems like, and you're just taking and taking and taking, and then the output is just fantastic stuff, where it's just like this big mix of things. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 um, you know, I was never really bummed out about it. Sure, just took it and ran with it. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, so we were just chatting about when you came to Los Angeles and uh, at 18, and and uh, what about your first band when you got there? Were you in a first band there, or were you just going straight into session work or working towards that? Yeah, no, of course I had a, a band. It was called Alligator Soup, which is a very strange name. But, uh, you know, I just got familiar with the, the club cir- circuit in L.A., and we just played all the time, and it was you know, it's important for people to do that because it is, um, 
experience. I mean, it's experience. It's, it's you know, just so, doing it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's so important to do that, to get experience on the stage and be comfortable on stage. And uh, I can't recommend that to people more, you know, enough to do it, just keep doing it more and more and more and more because it's so imperative to play and get experience on stage. Sure. Sure. Were there some hard lessons you learned doing that throughout that process that stand out to you? Um, not really. Cause I was always pretty prepared before I played live. Anyway, you know, I always wanted to make sure I was prepared. I never wanted to go, well, how's this song go? Never. I was always like very, very prepared and that's never changed my whole life. Okay. And you don't drink or do drugs or anything like that either, right? No, I don't. And never have? No. That's, see, that's fantastic. That's something to really be admired, and especially in your, your field. I mean, there's I'm sure you see a lot of it, but that goes into being prepared and being, you know, 100%, especially when you're representing, you know, other people on stage as well. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's a cool thing. It's, it's a... Uh, you know, I just always, I always feel comfortable on stage because I'm very prepared and ready to ready to play. Yeah. And was there is there an event in your life, or uh, what 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 uh, made you stay clean your whole life? As far as it just never interested you, or was there something that that uh, kind of not scared straight's the wrong thing because you never did it? But what what made you stay away from it? Well, you know, you see, I always looked around whenever I'm anywhere I always look around and I always have my eye open because there's always signs if you will I know it sounds weird but there's always signs and I'm always looking for those signs and I and I just see what to do and what not to do mm-hmm. it's just you know it could be with anything in life and uh some people are just observant that way of like oh Maybe I shouldn't eat that, or maybe I shouldn't drink that, or maybe I shouldn't do that because, or maybe I shouldn't go down this road, or maybe I shouldn't do that. You know, it's just just being observant, I think. Sure. That's really interesting. I mean, that to have that much, you know, insight, especially at a young age, too, to, to just naturally kind of do that and, and get a feel for where you're at and, and staying, you know, to that side of things is, is pretty impressive. I mean... Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's I think it's just a natural instinct as well. I mean, animals have it even. They're like, you know, when they're like going up to something or doing something, they you kind of see them sneak up to it a little bit or a little hesitant, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's just inside you, and you have to uh, listen to your gut, if you will. The saying goes. Sure. And so after after alligator soup, I mean, you. What was your first big uh, jump into, you know, uh, not the big time necessarily, but but getting you off your feet out of that band and into something else as far as, was that with uh, David Lee Roth? No, Rudy Sarzo uh, from Whitesnake, he, he saw me and he was like, oh, this is, you know, we should, I want to start a band. And he got me as a guitar player and I didn't know him. And Whitesnake was massive at this point. Mm-hmm. They were like huge so I was like, yeah, you know, I was playing to like six people like Gazari. So it was uh, really like, oh, my God, this, of course. So that was kind of my big break. And I, got, you know, got introduced to Irving Azoff and uh, 
you know, all these big celebrities and blah, blah, blah. So that really helped me out tremendously. Okay. And then how did you get introduced to David Lee Roth? Was that through him? No, I um, actually just was sitting on my friend's couch and called into the office one day, just cold. You know, I saw a number and I just, yeah, I just called into the office and said, hey, are you guys looking for songs? And, uh, you know, because people are always looking for songs. And it was a shot. You know, I've done that before and, you know, lost out. But, you know, they said, sure, send them in. And so I had these, you know, songs that were Van Halen-esque, if uh-huh. you will. And, uh, you know, it was it was wonderful. And he called me in and, you know, we've had a really close relationship ever since that. That's insane. <laughs> Yeah, pretty neat. <laughs> that is, that's absolutely insane. Just call in and, hey. And, and so that happened, too, with uh, with Marilyn Manson, too, right? You get called in and got hung up on or? or yeah, I, yeah, I got hung up on, and they just said, we found somebody. And, you know, so I would call places all the time. And, um, yeah, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Wow. And and yeah. in these few cases, I mean, so were you with me? You got you got hooked up with Manson while you were still with David Lee Roth, right? It was still kind of the same time frame. That, that's correct. Okay. Yes, and, and Halford too. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So it was uh, all that was happening in one time frame. So it was a busy time, but it was a great time, magic time. Sure. So with with Manson. You got a call back, like taken to lunch with that, right? You got taken to lunch as kind of. Uh, yeah, and they, yeah, they just pretty much said, "Hey, you know, your name's going to be John Five, and we want you to be in the band." I didn't even play for him, you know, but he did have my the David Lee Roth CD in his car and the two um, Boyers, you know, album, the Rob Halford album in uh-huh. Manson's back seat so they heard me that way but yeah I didn't even play and they just asked me to be in the band Jesus Christ John that's insane and then so then you're on stage you're touring with Marilyn Manson all over the world I mean what was a day in life on that tour those tours like with with that kind of uh I mean that's a very polarizing band but at the same time I mean just a fascinating a fascinating experience what was a day in the life of that like well, I think it's, you know, just like you can imagine. It was it was a complete roller coaster and it was a you know, it was uh, an exciting roller coaster, but it was also a very scary roller coaster because it was very dangerous. You know, it was like riding a roller coaster with no seatbelts. So, um and it was it was wild, you know. It was uh an amazing experience, but it was something that was very very uh very crazy, very fun. And I wouldn't change it for the world. It was a an amazing experience. Yeah, and I mean, getting to play, you know, all over the world with such a, an amazing act. I mean, you've been doing, played with so many amazing people. I mean, in that that point in your life, I mean, <laughs> probably the busiest guitar player in the world, right there, with that much yeah, going on. But uh, it was it was wonderful. And how did that come to an end? Was it a mutual end where you kind of decided both together, that, hey, this isn't working out, or I want to do other things? No, all I wanted, all I did was just play the songs as well as I could, just perfect every night. 
And I just wanted to, to play the songs as well and perfect and just how they were. And I showed up on time and I just, you know, did, you know, the best I could every night for him. But uh, it, I think it was just a political thing. So, but he's apologized up and down about it, you know, mm-hmm. because all I, all I wanted was just the very best for the music and everything like that. But, you know, I, di- I didn't party at all. I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it had to do with, but, you know. That was a long time ago, and you have different mind frames at that at that you know age. Sure, absolutely. I was I was curious on that because of you you don't party and things like that. Where how that would work with a situation like that where there is a lot of it and and uh, you know uh, and I'm coming from the outside of it, of course. But you can obviously you know put it together that there's probably a lot of partying going on in that scene. So I mean that's that's definitely you know probably something to do with it. But at the same time. You know the fact that you guys have you know reconciled and everything else. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, it's weird. Like if I had an employee that was on time and did you know their job the you know to the fullest and was a perfect employee, you know I try to hold on to that person as long as I could. That's for sure. Yeah, that's the person you don't have to worry about. That should be the easiest part. You know. Yeah. So and that's what I do try to do in every band. You know, I just try and that's what I've done always in life. Like if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it absolutely the best. Like if I'm gonna rake the leaves, I'm gonna rake every leaf, you know. If I'm gonna pull the weeds, I'm gonna pull every weed. It's just it's just how you do something. Sure. How you do it. Yeah. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with John Five. Such an interesting dude. I wish we could uh, finish this one. It just hasn't worked out yet to where our schedules match up. Uh, my back had gone out shortly after this, and we wanted to finish it, um, and I was out, out of commission. So uh, we'll get it finished sometime. We'll finish off the story. Um, but I appreciate you guys uh, hanging in there and checking that out. Uh, definitely let me know what you thought. Um, you know, I know it's a shorter one. I, I tried to explain that in the intro. Um, you know, I usually do a lot more long form. So when it cut off, I was a little bummed. But, uh, yeah, cool story about his childhood and, and everything else. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to have you guys back day after day, week after week. Um, not a lot to talk about. It's kind of interesting doing this every day because uh, <laughs> there's not a lot to talk about. Um, so I appreciate it, guys. Um, so tomorrow we've got another great episode for Friday. And uh, then we're going to have the weekend off. And then there will be another week episodes. So, uh, come on back, rate and review, shoot me a message. And as always, guys, we'll see you on the radio.
Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.